Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey Fight fans, before we begin this episode, I just wanted to take a moment to give our shout out to the sponsors for this podcast, Bear Attack Boxing. Now Bear Attack Boxing, relatively new company, but they've got an absolute passion for boxing. They've been going just over a year, they've attracted top talent like Tommy McCarthy, Tyrone McCulloch, who swear by their boxing gloves and the products that they sell. Now these are not like just your normal standard gloves, they're high quality equipment you need to get yourself over to their website which is www.bearattackboxing.co.uk follow them on social media at attack boxing on twitter and on facebook bear attack boxing to look at the latest deals that they've got now starting from the 1st of january bear attack boxing i've got a really great little offer on to see in the new year and it's going to be 10 percent off purchases with a discount code especially for you the listeners which is bab 2019 now that offer is on from the 1st of january to the 12th of january so make sure when you get to that checkout when you're purchasing them high quality gloves you enter that code bab 2019 and remember to follow them www.bearattackboxing.co.uk at attack boxing on twitter and bear attack boxing on facebook my city my city Gives me strength. Those pounding streets. The pulsing power lines. The rushing crowds. Energise me. Belfast. Leeds. Home. The fans. Their belief is rooted deep. Deep in the soul of the city. They inspire my dreams. My ambition. Our quest for victory. Garcia, Bernard, Jackson, all down. Lee Selby. Goodbye. We are triumphant. We are elated. Now Belfast stands ready to enter the ring. 
Now Leeds is flexing its muscles. Rivals for a night. Josh is a world champion. I would love to be a world champion again. Partners in glory. We love an away day to the boys. I've had the belt. I've fought the hardest opponent. The new He's underestimating me. Thinks he's got the edge. I'm a cut above. I'm a champion. I'm still an underdog. That suits me. Whoever becomes a champion. The ultimate victory. Goals for the people. Two great cities. Two passionate people. One ring in Manchester. One night of glory. This, this is my time. Welcome back fans to this preview for Josh Warrington versus Cal Frampton. We've got the IBF featherweight title on the line this weekend in what is going to be a really, really good show in Manchester. Really looking forward to it. But before we begin the episode, just want to let you know, guys, to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, to subscribe to us on Podbean, and you can find us on all the other podcasting apps out there. If you want to follow us, it's at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. So, joined as always by Jordy Neal. Jordy, this is probably the best pay-per-view of the weekend out of the two. Really looking forward to it. What are your initial thoughts about the event as a whole? I think it's been it's been built brilliantly. I think the um, the cards just got better and better and better as it's gone on. I think a couple of little um, tensions have brewed between, especially between Heffron and Williams, which has oh, made yeah. the card even better. Um, and then they've got the sort of names: the Conlans, Gormans, other Billy Joe, Paddy Barnes, stuff like that. That just they just add little bits to the card. But I think the um, the main event just sells itself. It's a brilliant fight two really good fighters who are in really good form and it doesn't need much selling doesn't need much trash talking doesn't need any mad antics in fight week and I think it's just a box of fans you know treat really yeah no it's a treat and a half and this is what we're going to focus on for the episode is Warrington versus Frampton and We'll talk about Josh Warrington really first and, and where we are with him at the moment. Obviously now he is the IBF featherweight champion after beating and dethroning Lee Selby in his last fight. In a fight where people bet against him because they always thought Selby was going to go on to do something even greater and he was always named the, the Welsh Mayweather and he didn't look like the Welsh Mayweather when he fought Josh Warrington. And Josh Warrington's just one of these guys where people will say, yeah, he just fights in one way and he's a very one-dimensional fighter, but the man has got a fucking engine and a half. Yeah. To be able to go at a frantic pace for, for 12 rounds like he does, you know, he grinds people down and th- that's what people don't respect about him, I think. The people that don't respect him or don't give him that credit don't appreciate the fact how he does grind fighters down and we've got to look at his his resume leading up to this big fight and the biggest fight on his record is obviously the win against Lee Selby but before that, he'd had a bit of a I'd like to say a good matchmaking process over his last few fights when you look through the record and you look at the, the Dennis Chaylands, the Kiko Martinez, the Patrick Highlands, the the Brunkners these are all guys that have been in with elite level fighters uh, you know of the the respective divisions and it's like he's he's been groomed in the right way to get to that world title level rather than just being given a few shitty fights against tomato cans and then thrown in at world level he's he's, he's had like a, I'm trying to think of the word and it's, it's, it's escaping me but he's, he's had the right he's had the right 
resume to get to the level that he's at. It's probably not the right word, but I think you know where I'm going with yeah, it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. He's had the right apprenticeship. That's yeah. the word. Fucking hell, <laughs> apprenticeship is the word. He's had the right apprenticeship for the for this fight for me, and I think he's in really, really good stead for this fight with Frampton. But, Jordy, talk about Josh Warrington then. What do you think about him, where he's progressed to, and, and where he's at at the moment? I don't think you can argue um, that how well that win against Selby looks, and I backed against him as pretty much everyone did even though there was a couple of people going oh, I knew Warrington would win and <laughs> no he didn't no one backed him no one outside of his team and his family really give him and you know his loyal support and leads give him much of a chance but it's been a weird one for Warrington like you know he's with Eddie Earn got sort of let go left sort of that relationship and you're sort of thinking is that you know is he going to plateau from there but if yeah. anything he's gone from strength to strength with Frank Warren and um He's, yeah, I think what you're saying is is right. His apprenticeship's been really good. He's had, you know, he's had his long twelve rounders. He's sort of developed his power a little bit. He's learned. He's just grown into his style. And as you said at the top of the program, his engine's ridiculous. He can just he can go at an frantic pace from um, from the opening bell. And I think he's a. Uh, sometimes with Josh Warrington, it's not very popular to to rate him. And I'm, I've sort of warmed to him. I've never been his biggest fan terms of his ability yeah. I've never thought he, I didn't think he'd be a world champion and um, he's obviously proved me wrong but it's one of them where he's just sort of he's getting to the point where you can you can't deny him any longer you know he deserves to be in them big fight he deserves to be at the top of the division and it's a serious test for Frampton on uh, Saturday night Going to Frampton then he has had some really really good fights over the past couple of years and I've, been, I've watched Frampton for years to be honest with you I've watched him really progress up through the, the, the rankings and division to, to get to the level he's got to and, and obviously the, the pinnacle of his career getting the, the world title and having the fights with Leo Santa Cruz and that's really what I want to touch on is, is, is obviously his resume you know, he's got some really, really good names on it. You've got your Kiko Martinez on there, as you have on Warrington's, and then you've got your, your fight with Scott Quigg, which was a brilliant fight when you know it was announced uh, when it happened. Was a little bit of a of a letdown in terms of the fight itself, but then he went on to fight Leo Santa Cruz, and, and nobody gave him much of a chance in the Santa Cruz fight. But yet he won a majority decision, uh, and obviously won the WBA. Uh, well, he retained the WBA title. Uh, that he'd beat Scott Quigg for in, in the previous fight. So nobody was expecting Frampton to, 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 to... I don't think they wasn't expecting him to get to that level, but I don't think they expected him to beat Leo Santa Cruz in that first fight because you know he, he looks like this elite fighter at that time and he beat him and then we get the immediate rematch and he loses in the, in the rematch and you start to think to yourself, oh, we're going to see a rubber match here and to date we haven't seen it and he's gone back to the drawing board. He had one fight in 2017 with Horatio Garcia and then went back up and fought Nonito Donaire who, as we've seen, has progressed on in the World Boxing Super Series beating Ryan Burnett after his horrible injury. So, that's, that that win looks even more credible now than it did when he when he got the win because of obviously Donaire's comeback from losing. It's one of them, like, I mean... I don't know how much you can look into the Denier one because of Burnett's injury, but one thing that fight did tell us is that Denier isn't finished, like people said. So he was a, he was competitive with Burnett, and if you finished, you wouldn't be competitive with Ryan Burnett. So you know, as you say, it definitely makes his his victory over Denier look decent. But um, yeah, I think he beat Quig well. You know, he had you know the Avalos and Martinez fights decent, but um, the loss to Leo Santa Cruz. You know, this is around the same time where you know you don't really get the full picture as a fan, but he. Had massive out the ring problems with yeah. you know the McGuigans who 
you know, let's not go into that. But the um, he, he wasn't in a good place mentally, and you can't go into fights with people like Rio Santa Cruz and not be switched on in every department. And you know, we only dropped the majority of the decision, so it's, he was still competitive. But I think that third match is the one that we all want to see. And I don't really buy into the. I mean, it's been mainly Warrington's team, but this thing about Warrington, uh, Frampton being on the slide, I'm just not. No, it, it's a mad thing in boxing. Like fans are always really eager to like put people to like retire people. To tell people they're yeah. on the slide. Yeah, you're on the slide. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got to retire. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like no other sport does that. Like if you had a, if you go for football and you have a bad spell at a club, when you go to a new club, it's like breath of fresh breath <laughs> breath of fresh air. He's gonna be he's gonna be great again. But in boxing, like you have a bad little period and you're finished. So I, I don't buy into the fact Frampton's finished at all. I think he's classy. I think he's you know pound for pound one of the best boxers in our country and well in Great Britain I just think he's a you know just a brilliant fighter and I think he, his style with Warrington's I don't think it can be a bad fight I, <laughs> I don't mean to jinx it it'll probably be a fucking thing <laughs> but I don't think it can be a bad fight I think we we need to explore the the keys to victory in this one because it's it's very difficult to to, to kind of predict how it's going to go down but in terms of of, of Josh Warrington's keys to victory there's nothing much more that you can say other than he's got to just box intelligently. There's no point of trying to change the, the, the way he fights for this particular fight with Frampton because Frampton is going to try and come on the front foot but Warrington likes to fight on the front foot as well. So for me, the first round, first round especially is going to be about who takes the centre ring uh, and who establishes uh, a jab in that one and Warrington boxes really, really well and I think if he, he's going to beat Frampton... I'm expecting a 12-round fight out of this one for sure. I don't expect Josh Warrington to, to, to stop Cal Frampton. and don't really expect Frampton to stop Warrington, although Frampton probably would edge him for, in terms of power, of course. You wouldn't expect a stoppage in this one, so you'd expect a, a very close-knit affair and, and possibly quite a closely-fought fight between the two. You know, very much on each other's chests could be the, the the way for well for Warrington to win this fight he's not letting Frampton do anything or establish be, anything it's got to just it's got to be intelligent pressure hasn't it it's yeah. got to start you know putting Carl in places he doesn't want to doesn't want to be in because you know I firmly believe that if Warrington allows Frampton to get into a rhythm then you know it, he could show levels and he could just be a better boxer than, than Warrington but we said this about the Selby fight we said Selby's a way better boxer he'll box his ears off and Warrington's just got this talent of just making it horrible and uncomfortable and, you know, fighting at his frantic pace all the time. And Carl's looked a bit... In the past, Carl has... You know, he can look ragged. He can look like he's getting tired. And, you know, I think that's something Warrington will be drawing on. But I think, yeah, as you say, it all depends on who implements the game plan better. I think if Frampton can get it sort of... have him, If Frampton's dictating it, then it could be a long night for Warrington. But... I think if Frampton doesn't really assert his dominance and starts getting pushed back by Warrington's constant pressure, then it could get ugly. So you think Frampton's key to victory then really is just classy, yeah. is just is just a set traps really yeah. for Warrington to step into, isn't he? Yeah. He's obviously as a I, I think as a as an educated pressure fighter for Warrington, Frampton for me would have to fight on on, on a little bit maybe on the back foot for the fight, but throwing sharp counters in throwing uppercuts as Warrington's coming in you know little sneaky little punches that he can't see coming that, that's going to sort of stop him in his rhythm and I think that's the way for, for Frampton to win this fight is to be very classy on the back foot and I think he can be and I've, I've seen him do that so I, I don't doubt that he could do that and I think this is a fight where 
it's, it is a case of who implements their game plan better than the other, really. I mean, I mean, people will say that that is the case with any fight, of course, but it's about who can really implement the plan of educated pressure against smart counterpunching, and I think that's that's the sort of tagline for the fight, really, with these two. And and who makes the weight as well as well? I mean, Frampton of course, has had struggles at, at one twenty six, so. Well, he's planning on moving a super feather, weren't he, as yeah, well? So, so it depends on you know how he really makes that weight because you know you can't make it forever. But um, I think Warrington's pretty comfortable at the weight, so it depends how Frampton makes that. But yeah, it's it's quite hard to call, and you know it's quite rightly it's quite close in the betting odds. And I think it's just a proper good competitive world level fight. But um, I'm sure Frampton will be thinking he's a couple of levels above. And above. Well, he says it, doesn't he? Yeah. In the interviews, that's what he's been saying in yeah. build up to this fight. I, you know, I am levels above. I am better. You know, if, I think he sees Warrington as a as an easy way, an easier way back to the top, which I don't think is the right thing to do. I hope that's not his mindset because it could be overlooking him. Yeah, and it's one of them. Like, how much? How was that the real? Was that the real Lee Selby in that in in Warrington's win? You know, people can say it's a great win, or people can look at it and go. Selby was half dead of the week. Well, that's what they were saying. That's yeah, what so the Selby was saying afterwards. But you can't really. No, you can't. You won at the end of the day. But exactly. these are all the little things you've got to look at. And I think there's so many variables in this one where I just think we're going to have to just see how the first three or four fight uh, rounds pan out. But um, you know, the winners onto where uh, the winner seriously puts themselves in for a massive next year. So, what are you thinking about predictions then for this fight? Do you think it's a tough, tough fight to call? Yeah, very, very tough. And I think you know. Um, a couple of years ago, you wouldn't have even put them in the same sentence. No. So that's what that's what's quite confusing, and you can't really underestimate form. Warrington's in good form, but I think on ability you've got a side of Frampton. But I don't think you could do it with any massive confidence. I mean, there'll be if Frampton was to win this easy, you know, you'd probably look back and go, "He was." I knew he was left fucking levels above. But <laughs> yeah. you know, coming into the fight, you've got to give respect to Warrington's form and the fact that he's an horrible fighter to fight. So it's just one of them. I think it's going to be a great fight. You can't be a bad fight and I think it goes all the way like you said do you think uh, uh, did you say he was going to win no I don't know you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking have you actually given a prediction just, or have uh, you fucking, sat on the fence I, I'm as close to being sat on the fence in this fight as possible and so that's when my mind starts looking at the old betting odds and seeing where I can get found um, yeah I, I, I don't gun to me I'd, I'd say Frampton points but Ooh. with no conviction I think Warrington's going to beat him, you know. Yeah. I do. I just think, I just think Warrington is is he's just this horrible fighter to fight against, as you said quite rightly. There is, unless Frampton really does step up another level that we haven't seen before, then I do genuinely genuinely think that Warrington's pressure will be will be too much for Frampton as in not that he'll stop him but I think he can grind him out and I think yeah, he can nick and I, I th- exactly I think yeah. he could nick rounds by being the busier fighter by putting Frampton on the back foot and making himself look busy you know sometimes even if he doesn't always land the, the judges still score the rounds in, in some ways to the guys that do genuinely yeah. look busier even if a lot of the shots are hitting the gloves or the arms if he looks like a lot busier in the ring and he, he seems more dominant remember he's got the champion's advantage in this fight as well yeah. and you're forgetting about that and you're forgetting about the fact that it's in Manchester he's very close to Leeds you know they might be a bit more sway in, in, in Warrington's corner I'm expecting a lot of fans to come over from Leeds to, to, to support him and I think it'll be like a, a hometown fight more than anything for him uh, but I'm not 
counting out any of the Frampton fans because they'll come over in the droves as well. So I think it'll be a massive atmosphere in the Manchester Arena on Saturday night when this when this fight comes about and the first bell goes. I think it'll be a really, really electric atmosphere on the night. But I do think Warrington's going to win. I, I just had this feeling that he's going to grind Frampton down and beat him on points and maybe, uh, again, a close fight, but maybe a 115-113. I love that scorecard. 115-113. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's, it's one of them. It's... Uh, it splits opinion for a lot of people, but um, yeah, it's a great fight and one that's you know deservedly on pay per view. We don't see that very often. <laughs> well, we're going to go down the card and just briefly touch on some of the other stuff as well. But the reason I think this is well worth the pay per view money that is being charged for it is because of the depth of the undercard that we've got on here. Yeah. This is a fucking huge card. A typical Frank Warren There's card. No way they're going to get through all them fights, me. Warrington <laughs> Frampton could be about two in the morning. I know, but the fucking hell it is, yeah. right? I'm telling you. But let's let's just look at the actual card itself and the, the, the next really good fight on the card. Genuine 50 50 matchup is Oldham's Mark Heffer run against Liam Williams where Liam Williams obviously stepping up to the middleweight limit to fight Mark Efron for the British title but he's such a tough motherfucker that I can see this being a very very close knit tough fight I can't believe the, the consensus on this one uh, I feel like maybe I'm just reading into it too much into it but I just think I don't understand how Heffron can be favoured like, he's a good fighter shown you know Good power. We've been with no one at the same level. At, who's at Liam Williams' level? Well, that's what Liam Williams has been saying yeah. in the presses. And Liam's obviously coming up in weight, but he's a, he's big for one five four, so it's not a dramatic jump up. And he's obviously fought Liam Smith twice, which is a lot better than anyone who's on Heffron's record. Exactly. But my my thought with this one is if Heffron's big, if if Heffron's power isn't the determining fact that if Williams can take them. What then? You know what I mean? Yeah, then it's, it's sort of like Williams is definitely the more experienced, just as good a boxer from my eye. So, you know, I just don't really understand how he can be so much of... He's not a massive outsider, but he's definitely, you know, there's, there's value in it. So he's a decent outsider. But, uh, yeah, I think I think Liam Williams might nick this one. A lot of people are saying that, but then there's also a lot of people thinking that Mark Heffron's just going to sort of blow his way through... Liam Williams, like I said, Liam Williams, one tough man, and yeah. he won't be he won't be blown away easily. You know, he's been in with some real cracking fighters, and Liam Smith's obviously uh, the, probably the biggest name on his record that he's been in with, and real tough fights with Liam Smith. But Mark Heffron's a banger, and I, I I know Mark, and I've interviewed Mark, and I've seen him in the gym, and I've seen what he's done. And you're right, he's not been in the, with the same level of opposition as what Williams is, has. But I feel like Mark's one of these fighters where when he gets the opportunity against uh, a bigger a bigger fighter he steps up to the to the plate and to the level I mean when he beat Andrew Robinson no one initially thought that Heffron was going to just blow him away in, in the fashion that he did really he dismantled him he broke him down and beat him and I don't think people expected that but people have always rated his power people that have had him on the pads have always rated his power and he can't Obviously, you can't just expect him to, to go off that one-punch scenario. He has got to box his way in. He has got to use that power on the inside against Williams if he's going to beat him. But I, I want him to win, personally. I want him, I want the guy to win. He's you know he's from, from my local town. He's from the town that, that I support for the football club. I'd love him to win. But he, he's just got to make sure that he doesn't take any silly risks and he boxes to, to instruction. And I think he could beat Williams on the First night. First time he's scheduled for 12 rounds as well, which is... Interesting, you know. Yeah. If, if your first twelve rounder, if you're going into eight nine, well, say eight nine ten eleven twelve with someone of Liam Williams' ability and experience, 
you know, you don't have to be a fucking serious, serious fighter to be to be beating Liam Williams over that over that distance, in my opinion. He pushed Liam Smith really close, probably was winning the first fight before the cut. Yeah, Some I people would say, do you know what I mean? So, you know, if he'd have won that, he'd have been, you know, fighting for the world title like Liam Smith did, so I know it's all if buts and maybes, but I don't I just think Liam Williams even though he's going up in weight, I think he might just have a little... He just might be a bit too cute, in my opinion. We'll see. It'll be an interesting fight. Good 50-55 for the card. A lot of people are excited for this fight as well as the main event. But the card, as we said, he's stacked from top to bottom. Martin Murray makes his return against Hassan and Dam. He's looking to try and push himself back into world title contention. And I was asking the question on social media yesterday, if he beats Hassan and Dam on Saturday night, does he really deserve another world title shot? Um. Maybe not, but not on the back of that, but he's another one of them where he's always going to get, I believe he'll always get an opportunity, he'll always be someone's voluntary, you know what I mean, he's just yeah. in that ilk, because I think champions champions will look at him and go, other champions have beaten him, he's not going to knock me out because he doesn't have massive power, he's got respectable power but not massive, so some champions might choose him as a voluntary, providing he's high in the rankings, which he is with the WBC, which he will further be if he wins this on Saturday, but um, Murray's one of them, I think he gets beat by the really good world champions on points and anyone below that he beats on points and then you know people below that he'll stop but yeah. I think he's he's a solid campaigner you know tough tough fella hard not to like really he, you know he's a genuine family man so I wouldn't begrudge him another shot as a person but whether he deserves it on the back of beating Hassan and Dan this weekend is another story I don't think I don't really mean it in, in that respect what I mean is like in general as if he beats Hassan and Dan and then he gets another because remember he was supposed to fight Billy Joe Saunders for his WBO middleweight yeah. title so fucked about there like, well exactly so I, I think in that respect he, he's not like fucking Paul Smith who don't get me wrong I like Paul Smith but I don't think he deserved as many shots as he got do you know what I mean and, and I feel like Martin Murray kind of maybe does a little bit more than what Paul Smith did especially when he got his the, the Zorga fight for sure I don't think there's he deserves to, that there's more to like you know being there's more to getting a world title shot though than just your ability do you know what I mean like and Paul Smith was the perfect one like exactly what I've just said about um, Martin Murray he's a perfect voluntary defence Yeah. and whether we like it as fans or you know Paul Smith gets a lot of shit but whether people do agree with it or not that's just how boxing works Champions get voluntary defences and they pick people who aren't going to knock them out but are going to give them a competitive exactly, fight. Yeah. And that is what Paul Smith was. And that's what Matt, that's sort of where Martin Murray's at. And one, Matt, you know, you forget Martin Murray got robbed seriously for world titles. Like, you know, Martinez. It's Yeah, it's him even more so. It's one of them. So he should have been a world champion. That's, that's you know, there's be very few people who could begrudge him that. So if one day he did get a world title fight and a little bit of calm went his way and he won one, I wouldn't begrudge him and no one should really because he's been a solid campaigner in British boxing and he was around before British boxing was this good. So he's put up with a lot of shit, fought <laughs> yeah, on a lot true. of shit cards. So, you know, if he does get one last day in the sun then... You know, I personally hope he does. Well, on the on the card as well, we've got Nathan Gorman stepping in to to face his opponent in Razvan Kajanu, who was supposed to fight Daniel Dubois, who pulled out with uh, the flu, I believe. So Gorman steps in instead to face him, and then we've got Michael Conlon coming over to Manchester. Yes. Uh, looking forward to seeing Michael Conlon on the undercard of this one as well. In a good fight against Jason Cunningham, I think that's yeah. a a really good step up for him at this stage of his career. Solid fight, yeah. I mean, Jason Cunningham's um, one of them. He, he's lost, I think he's lost five, but, you know, when he gets beat, 
his opponent has to work for it and it's good to see Conlon in with you know someone that fans can actually identify with yeah, rather exactly. than you know, he's, a na- he's a name on yeah, the sport people know exactly. who he is so people can get a bit excited about Michael Conlon and hopefully in the future we can get really excited about Michael Conlon because I think he's a superstar in the making and he's got a bit of everything for me and um, you know it's going to be great to see him hopefully live it's going to be great to see you know how he handles Jason Cunningham and I think it could be I expect him to come through, but I think he could have to answer a couple of questions, which is exactly what Adam Booth and Michael Conlon will want at this stage. And just touching on Gorman, it's a good fight. That I think it's better than the Lapai fight that was meant to be on there. Because Janu's he fought uh, Lewis Ortiz, fought Joseph Parker. His last two fights have been Joseph Parker, Lewis Ortiz. Yeah. So you know it's a good yardstick for Gorman, who's you know an, an exceptional talent. So yeah, I think that they're two great little additions to the card. And then beyond that. You have to obviously retain a Billy Joe and <laughs> yeah, stuff. against Charles Adamu, the fucking yeah. the fossil <laughs> of boxing. Charles Adamu, I honestly can't. <laughs> I thought he was fighting uh, Zoltan Serra. Yeah, so that's, what he, have, that's what he was yeah, supposed to be fighting. This must seen, be a, a, re- a late replacement. This yeah, so it must have been a late, late replacement. Late replacement, but you know some of the names he's fought, which is Frotch and people. Frotch like and fucking Fielding. He's been in with Field. He's been in with loads. Hasn't Beat he? by Brophy in his last fight, David Brophy. So I think. Billy Joe put a bit of an exhibition on, but um, it's good to see Billy Joe back because ability-wise, he's fucking exceptional. He's a brilliant boxer. He's one of the very few middleweights who can cause the champions' problems, in my opinion. Same as your Canelos and your uh, Golovkins and Danny Jacobs. I hope he gets back up there, but you know, I think we all know that in the ring's not Billy Joe's problem. It's the fact that he can't control himself out of it, even though no, he's a no. goal, man. That's, that's, that is the issue with Billy Joe and. You know, I reckon we'll see a bit of an exhibition there, and I think we'll see him win, and I think we'll see him hopefully start calling people out again, middleweight wise, and you know maybe he'll get an opportunity in the future. I think so he, he calls people out and then fucking just stays on yeah. Instagram or putting stupid videos. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. him win his world title with with my dad in in um, in the Manchester Arena maybe three years ago now. I know. I remember walking away from that night just thinking he beat Andy Lee. Andy Lee's one of my favourite fighters ever, and um, I was a bit gutted, but I remember thinking you know Billy Joe could. He could seriously be special, and he can be special. Well, look at the way he destroyed yeah, Lemieux and just exactly, took the piss yeah. out of Lemieux. He can be special, but unfortunately, he's just got a personality, and he's surrounded by people that continually, continuously allow him to just look like a knob. On the undercard, then, as I was saying about it being a very stacked one, we've also got the return of Paddy Barnes. Then you've also got Harvey Horn. You've got local talent, Lyndon Arthur. And you've got Troy Williamson, Sam Maxwell, cruiserweight Jack Massey, who's been calling out Lawrence Coli, and we've got the debut of Tommy Fury, younger <laughs> brother of Tyson, on there yeah, as well. I think he's jumping in at a very good time. And he went the Fury names massive, and you know, good luck to him. Hope he has a um, uh, good introduction into the pro game. I've watched little clips of his training and his. Work out and stuff. He looks a lot different to Tyson. He's a fucking beast, man. He <laughs> looks like he's fucking great shape. He is. He looks a lot like Mark Heffron, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he, he fucking does. That's, that. he, that's what. The weird thing was, they was in the they was in the gym together for a short while before Heffron moved over to the Phoenix camp with yeah. uh, Robert Rimmer, and they was they just fucking oh man, it's mental. But I, I've met Tommy Fury uh, as he was turning pro before. Uh, it was officially announced with Frank Warren, and I got to be honest with you, like he's he's such a down to earth guy. He seems a lot different than than Tyson and Huey and all the rest of them. And you know, he's he's grew up watching all these guys develop and his family and stuff. And he, he seems really well grounded. And I think he's campaigning at light heavyweight. Uh, whether he'll sort of stay there or whether he'll you know switch between super mid and light heavyweight, I don't know. But he's starting his career at light heavyweight. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. But he's got the perfect people around him, you know, role models to kind of look at and go, well, this is what they've been able to achieve in boxing. So it'll be good. It'll be good to see him. It'll be on the depths of the undercard or possibly even 
even a floater fight, you know. I don't know how they're going to put that out there. Maybe yeah. Frank Warren will actually put it on, you know, the main pay-per-view bill. Will it be in a Fury name? You might stick it on there in between because it'll probably be a four-rounder. So. It's good to see, you know, people like Paddy Barnes coming back because he's in, obviously, a flyweight division where he can um, get a world title shock again pretty quickly, you know, exciting people like Harvey Horn and uh, Sam Maxwell, he's from my neck of dudes, who's an exceptional talent who I think will go a long way. He's... Um, calling for big fights you know lately he's been calling for the Akeem Ennis Brown fight which could be a really good fight next year and he's in that you know exciting super lightweight division where he could be a really good addition to some he's actually fought Lomachenko like three times in the amateurs wow so you know he's, had, he's been in with the very best so it's one of them where there's a lot of exciting talent on the undercard but whether we get to see it on TV or or not but anyone going you know get in there early and see some really good talent no hopefully we'll be going as well we'll be there you know we're covering it for <laughs> Eastley Boxing Repeat hopefully so uh, Shane Dyer if you listen to this my friend make sure you give us the accreditation because we're uh, really looking forward to going and watching the fights and reporting on them this weekend but I think for me that about wraps it up for this episode for the preview yeah, I think for- we're talking about um, you know just to cover the betting the only the only bet that I can have with any sort of conviction is I'm going to have a bet on Martin Murray to win on points at evens so to try and double my money it's one of them where it's what I'm touching on earlier I think at top level he gets beat on points but anyone below that you know he beats on points and Hassan Adam's not being very active I think he's had 14 months out of the ring along them lines but he's a very very tough man he won't go away and I think that could be one for the long haul and Martin Murray come through quite comfortably on points and then I've just had a look after you were talking about Warrington because I can't pick a winner in that but I think for your little what your prediction to um, for us to get Warrington to win on points, you're getting about you getting about three to one. So you know that's definitely definitely worth a few quid if you yeah. want to back Sean's tips. Yeah, you never know, eh, <laughs> Warrington. I mean, you know, definitely looking for a bit of value there, three to one for Josh Warrington to the, to win on points. There could be a little bit in that, and I'm gonna probably probably have a small bet on Liam Williams to win just because he's an outsider. I think he again's both. I think he's about four to one to win on points, and he's about seven to five just to win in general. So I'll probably just have a bet on him to win in general and try and you know win any money that I'm using to back other fighters just to keep it a bit of fun. But yeah, I think there's a good few there's a good few bets. But have a mat and worry on points will probably probably solidify your money. But just to touch on anyone who is gambling, this is honestly just for a bit of fun to win pizzas and beers. And, you know, <laughs> Don't be putting your house on it. <laughs> a little bit of change. You got we've been we've been actually told that we need to say gamble responsibly and gamble away etc etc so you know fivers teners not crazy this is literally just a bit of fun to add to the to add to our podcast absolutely well that's it that's the end of the episode for warrington versus frampton it's going to be a great night in manchester on saturday night guys thank you for listening to it if you want to subscribe to us you can subscribe on apple podcast on podbean if you use other apps like castbox stitcher player fm spreaker get on there do it on there if you're a youtube user you can find us at eat sleep boxing repeat and we have the podcast on the youtube YouTube channel there as well if you do want to use it that way but guys again thank you for for listening find us on btr boxing pod on twitter and btr boxing podcast on facebook i hope you enjoy this fight and i hope you enjoy this card and we'll see you for the end of year special me and jordy end of year can't wait you're going to pick some great fights out for you enjoy fight fans
Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.